0: Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry.
1: Hey y'all, it's Bridget here. Lindsay Johnson, the visionary founder of Lush Life Productions, is a dynamic force in the world of beverage event management with a passion for creating unforgettable experiences Lindsay has dedicated herself to transforming ordinary moments into extraordinary memories. Her keen eye for detail, innovative ideas, and commitment to excellence has propelled Lush Life Productions to the forefront of our industry. Lindsay is not only the creative force behind Lush Life Productions, but also the founder of Portland Cocktail Week, showcasing her influence in the world of mixology and in beverage culture. Additionally, she played a pivotal role in bringing Brown and Balance to life, demonstrating her commitment to supporting and uplifting Black voices in the industry. Lindsay's impact extends events. She is also the founder of Camp Runamuck, a true testament to her dedication to beverage education and creating inclusive spaces where all are welcome. Lindsay continues to shape environments that celebrate diversity and foster a sense of community, leaving an enduring mark on both the events industry and the communities she touches. So sit back, relax, grab yourself your favorite bourbon and enjoy this very special show. Lindsay, welcome to
2: Served Up. I am so excited to have you on the show today. Oh, I'm so excited to see you. It has been so long, Bridget. I, I, for everyone listening, I met Bridget in France in the most idyllic, beautiful place in the entire world. And if I'm being totally honest, I was less interested in the place as soon as I met Bridget, because I just <laughs> wanted to know everything about her. She was such a wonderful, beautiful, bright, shining light. And I'm always so grateful for that trip. Shout out to Todd Richmond, because he really set me up for success by introducing me to you.
1: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for those kind words. That was a very special trip for sure. And I do remember missing my flight home. So that was a lots of fun, too. (laughs) (laughs) We had Um, a
2: long night. We we had had a long night night. night before
1: it. (laughs) We did. We did. Well, I want to jump right in, Lindsay, if you can tell our listeners about yourself, you know, where sure. are you from? Tell us about your
2: background and how you really entered the beverage industry. Absolutely. So um, currently I live in Louisville, Kentucky, but I am originally from New York, uh, but I live kind of everywhere as a kid. Um, and I, Much like I, I would imagine most people who are on this podcast, uh, I started out as a server and a bartender. Um Those were my first jobs as as an adult or aspiring to be an adult, I suppose uh, and i you know I was trained to do two jobs growing up, one being bartender and one being a broadcast journalist and those were the first two things that I did in my youth um and While I really, really loved both of those jobs, um I kept finding myself coming back to more like advocacy work. Um, I was always very involved in political campaigns and I've always been very involved in those spaces. And, uh, I also come from a union household. My mom was a part of a union. My grandpa's part of a union. So adv- advocacy work always came pretty naturally to me. It's, it's something that was ingrained in me from the, from birth. I didn't really have much of a choice. Um, and while bartending and broadcast journalism don't line up exactly with what I do day to day, um, they certainly inform everything that I do. Um, You know, I learned hospitality. I'm the eldest daughter, which I feel like is an important thing for those who know, they know. Um, So bartending and hospitality work came very naturally. I'm very used to planning things and making sure everything is nice for everyone, Um, making sure that everyone has everything they need. Everyone has their little snack, their little drink. Um, So for me, bartending work and hospitality work just came so naturally. It was something that I gravitated to immediately. I also found out much later in life, like two years ago, that I have ADHD, um, which also answers all of the other questions, right? It answers all of the other questions I had about why I liked hospitality work so much. So that was, that was sort of the first career and one that I loved. Um, and then I left to, to pursue broadcast journalism. And I was a broadcast journalism do- journalist in Dallas for a little bit. And eventually, I just wanted to go back home to New York. And I took a job at an ad agency. Um, and as ad agency jobs normally do, I was you know I was a twenty two year old in New York City working in a video department, which meant I was the only woman in the whole department um, with a whole bunch of men um, so when it came time to do the Disney mobile account or the diaper account, I was always the first one tapped for that kind of work um, and you add to that all the comments and all the you know the other stuff that kind of comes along with it, and I was like, mm, maybe ad agencies aren't. For me, maybe I should be looking for something else. And and sort of at the same time, uh, my best friend. There, I feel like this is important to mention. There were two Alan Katz's in New York at the time. Love them both. (laughs) One currently lives in Las Vegas, and that's the one I'm talking about. He owns a bar out there. It's fabulous. Um, But he um, he was working in cocktail bars in New York City at the time. And you know, I looked around and I saw that there were all of these multinational corporations, all of these amazing brands that wanted to talk to people like Alan but didn't know how to do it. Um, And at the same time, those brands were hiring me on the weekends when I wasn't at work to make photo video content for them. And so I was like, well, this seems like just sort of a natural thing. Maybe I should start going in there and telling them they need to start taking care of bartenders, providing real education, providing real opportunities, things to really make their jobs, their lives a little bit easier and a little bit better. Um, and that's really where Lush Life came from. And now we're, gosh, we're at 17 and a half years of existing. So almost my entire adult life, this is what I've been doing is Lush Life. Um, and along the way, we've done so many things. Um, you know, we we work on, I would say at this point, two dozen different brands. Um, we also, um, of course, we founded a couple of events as well. One being Portland Cocktail Week, which is going to be 14 years old this year, which I cannot wrap my head around. <laughs> um, and my favorite thing in the whole wide world, which is Camp Brunamuk. Um, Applications for that are currently open if you are a bartender and you want to explore bourbon country for free um, in the very best possible environment, hit us up camprunamuck.org slash apply is how you find that application. Um, But I've been so lucky to have all of these opportunities come along the way. And in the meantime, sort of on the side, I've had the opportunity to build an agency that I'm proud of and one that reflects my values which is something I didn't really see in the landscape in 2005, 2006, when I entered the workforce. Um, took me a while. Um, it always takes a while <laughs> to learn my bearings. I had to learn what to do. Um, and, you know, it took me a little bit to figure out exactly the kind of boss I wanted to be and exactly the kind of company I wanted to run. But here we are 17 years later, and I'm really proud of what we get to do and who I get to do it with every day.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm incredibly proud of you. And you're someone that someone that I You have admired, you know, along the way and have had the fortunate opportunity to know you, you know, and bump into you at events, you know, from time to time for such a long time. And it's really been fun to see your career just grow, you know, over the years. It's um, been very powerful as a woman to see another woman doing the work in her own terms, in her own way and how you want to do it, and how you bring community to
2: really bring communities together like no one else, folks. She really does. Bridget, I took a page out of your book, if I'm being honest. I watched you at Southern Glazers, which shout out to them for taking you as seriously as they did and giving you the platforms that they did along the way, because that doesn't happen in a lot of places. (laughs) Um, And I know you had to fight for it. uh, And I know you had to work really hard to get to where you are. But a lot of this is taking a page out of your book. I think you have always put bartenders and their education and their opportunities up front. You've always said, this is the most important thing to me. It's the most important thing to my organization. And I have always been so inspired by that. And it's, it's always been a part of our DNA here too. So it, you know, what I saw you doing, I'm like, oh, it's possible. Let's go. Bridget's doing it. We can do this. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much. I want to talk to you about Camp Runamuck. Let's like, let's talk about your programs because here at Served Up, we are a global show. And so maybe, you know, some folks out of the country have never heard of that term. And can you tell me, and you know, really, because I don't even know this, you know, and tell our listeners, how did it come to be? How did you get
2: such a fun
1: name? How do folks apply? Um, Who attends? What's it all
2: about? And let's just start from the beginning. Let's go. Okay, I'm going to do my best to keep this brief because I will talk about Camp Runamuck all day, every day. It is my, like I said, my favorite thing in the whole wide world. Um, So essentially, Camp Runamuck is a seven day experience that happens uh, in Lebanon Junction, Kentucky, which is as big as you think it is. Um, it's only about a half hour outside of Louisville, so it's not too too far. But the best part is you're ten minutes from Jim Beam and you're fifteen minutes away from Heaven Hill. Um, it's really easy to get to all of the incredible incredible bourbon distilleries on the Bourbon Trail. Um, Camp Pendle came about because I was sitting with my dear friend Jared Schubert, who I adore, who everyone who knows adores. And it was we were talking about how bartenders in the U.S. and keep in mind this was in 2010. It was hard to find bourbon in bars in the U.S. at that point. And you can look at the numbers like people weren't buying bourbon at the rate they are now. You know, the what, what we know as the bourbon craze just didn't exist back then. And we were frustrated that this incredible spirit was being made right in our backyard and bartenders just weren't using it. And it wasn't cool. It wasn't hip. It wasn't a thing that people were really checking for. So we were like, well, it would be really great to bring a bunch of people down and show them exactly how bourbon's made. Um, And then gosh, three months later, the whole time I was trying to figure out how are we going to do this? How are we going to make it work? Hotels were way out of our price range. There was no way we could afford to do that. There's, you know, there's just like absolutely no way we could have done anything except for what we did. But it turned out for the best. Because what we ended up with is a bartender summer camp, um, where we have at any, in any session, there are 220 bartenders who are with us, uh, right? We build a whole city for a week, essentially on a children's summer camp. When we're not there, they host uh, children's camps for children who are blind or deaf or have HIV AIDS, ch- children who can't go to other summer camps. Um, and sort of serendipitously, they had, they had recently lost all of their funding because we had this crazy governor for a while here in Kentucky. He's gone now good news. Um, but we, they lost all, all funding for educational programs in the state of Kentucky that were considered non-essential. So think art, music, summer camps like this, all of that was cut. Um, and they were going to have to close their doors at the same time. We needed a place to host 220 bartenders and guess what? It worked out perfectly. Um, so gosh, for 12 years now, we've paid the mortgage there. They've been able to keep the lights on. Um, So we've been able to benefit the summer camp. So the kids still get to go. They still get to have their amazing programs. Um, But we also get to spend some time with each other in a completely kind of separate environment, right? So there's no noise. You can't go off and have dinner with friends over at this great restaurant you heard about. You are with the 220 the entire time. Um, Certainly there are, you know, you can go take a break. You can go sit in your cabin. You know, there are lots of things you can go do. Um, But the idea is that we all get to be in community with one another and we get to have these really beautiful relationships and friendships that we as adults don't normally get to have. We're not in school. We're not in this forced environment. But camp gives us that forced environment while during the day. So like that's that's sort of like the wider thing. But during the day, these bourbon companies, Bridget, I cannot even tell you what they they give to our campers. They roll the red carpet out. We are like I cannot even tell you how lucky we are. Jimmy Russell comes out of retirement maybe once, twice a year. Usually, one of those times is Camp run Um, We just have access to they they give us the sun, the moon, and the stars, and they make these experiences so 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 special. You get to see b- completely behind the scenes at America's most impressive distilleries. You get to learn from master distillers, master blenders. You get to to go make whiskey with the people who make your favorite bourbons and rides, Right? It's incredible what you get to do, and then you come back and we dip you in the pool give you a little margarita, alcoholic or not, doesn't matter to us. We always have at least one NA option for every alcohol option. Um, So if you don't want to drink, you don't have to. Um, and you know, it's just a really, it is just a magical, lovely thing that I wish I could, I I wish I could explain better, but I get so overwhelmed talking about it. I love it so much. It's magic. It truly is. It's just magical. It really is. I've had the
1: pleasure of attending a couple of times as a speaker and it was just a beautiful thing. I was always amazed. Like even if the bartenders, you know, you have these incredible, um, evenings, right. And, and yet they're still up early. They're ready to rock and roll. They're front and center at your seminars, your workshops, and they're asking questions. They are paying attention. They are genuinely excited. And they're so dialed into the education that you offer, like beyond the the fun stuff, right? Which I think is remarkable.
2: I really are, Bridget. And now it's even different. When I tell you every year, Camp Runama gives me the hope for the future because we get you know, every year I get a year older, and they all stay the same age, right? They're twenty-five mm-hmm. to yeah. to thirty-five on the whole. You know, you know, mm-hmm. right around. They're about certainly. We have had campers in their sixties and seventies, so I don't want to hear anyone's excuse that they're too old for camp. Uh, but that's a different thing altogether. Um, but sort of generally, the average age is right there at like twenty-eight to thirty-five, right? And watching these twenty-eight-year-olds and how they operate at Camp Brennamuck is something that just gives me so much hope because they will have a drink with alcohol in it and then they will have a non-alcoholic drink and then they will have a water and then they will be up at eight o'clock in the morning doing a run around camp before they come to breakfast to go to the distilleries all day. They're bright-eyed, they're bushy-tailed and they are more interested in learning and more interested in community and taking care of each other than they are in what's in, they love what's in the bottle, don't get me wrong. But there, that's not the priority. The priority is each other, and the priority is making a better industry. And I am so proud of them, and I love them all so much. This year, Bridget, I had we had to pick leadership like two or three weeks ago. Hardest decision I've ever had to make. We My like gosh. we we went back and forth. That we had something like eight hundred people apply for seventy five spots, and those are just former campers, right? Like we we had so many people apply for seventy five spots. And we were just like, add more, add more. We want them all back. <laughs> they're all so wonderful. It, it was impossible. And like at a certain point, we just had to kind of go eeny, meeny, money, well, because right. it was like they're all just one one more incredible than the next. They're just remarkable people. And they give me hope for, for the future of the industry and like the world. If put them in charge. <laughs> <I> <laughs> they're love wonderful. It. I love <laughs> it. Well,
1: well, two things on that. One, do you still do the talent show? and two where did the name camp run Amuck come
2: from (laughs) uh so the talent show um we still happens i will say the talent show has gotten better which i'm very proud of um we (laughs) so for context on the second to last it's camp right it's summer camp so we have to do summer camp type activities and one of them of course is a talent show um and everyone has so many little hidden talents you know some of them come up and bartend certainly but So many singers and dancers we had in the spring session last year, we had somebody come through and I mean, this is one of the best drag performers I've ever seen. So Brandon killed it. Um, And then in the fall session, we had a hip hop artist, Daddy Long Legs, love you, um, got up there and, you know, just destroyed it. It was beautiful, you know, so we we've had the talent show talents a little harder than it did in the past. I give all of the credit to non-alcoholic beverages. Shout out to Perrier. You know, like that, that makes a big difference. Um, But it's, it's just so much fun. And gosh, the name, the name came about sitting and watching What Hot American Summer with my friend, Jared, as I mentioned earlier. We were trying, we're like, we're gonna do something, we're gonna make it a camp. We're not sure exactly what it is. And that that was the name that came out, uh that came out of my mouth. I wrote it down and and the rest is history. If I'm being totally honest with you, I didn't know that anyone would sponsor the first year because traditionally in in this space, brands are a little conservative, which I totally understand. They they have to mitigate risk. They, you know, something like this sounds tricky, right? It sounds tricky from a compliance point of view, but it also solved a really big problem. Um, You know, these brands can't bring bartenders down to see them. That's not a thing they can do. Um, So we solved a really big problem in, in being able to bring, you know, essentially 400 people through their distillery every year. And 400, when I say 400 people, I mean, 400 of the most intelligent, engaged, amazing working bartenders. Um, which is something that of course they they were so happy to have that opportunity it explains why we get the the red carpet treatment from all of them. So really it kind of worked out for everybody. Um, and it was it was just a little, you know, I wasn't sure that it was it was gonna be a success. I wasn't sure that anyone would sponsor it because it was such a wild idea that came so far out of left field. Um, but once we got those first sponsors, and I'm like, well, I guess we're married to Camp Runamuck. Let's go. Let's <laughs> we started building logos and we started building what you see today.
1: It is such a fun name and it's so much fun to be a part of. So, you know, if you are listening and you are interested in applying, can you direct those folks again, what they should do, where they should go, what website do they need to visit?
2: Absolutely. The easiest way is to go to camp org slash apply. You can also just go to the website and click the, the apply button. Um, and that'll bring up an application. I would set aside 30 to 40 minutes if you're putting an application together. Um the people who get in uh write very thoughtful applications. So you're up against, you're going to be up against anywhere from 1500 to 5000 people um every year it's sort of like a different amount. I would guess it's probably about 2000 applicants for for those spots this year. Um and the, the applications that are most successful are the ones who tell us who you are as a person versus here is my resume. Uh, so many talented people have one world class. I love that for them. Uh, you know, they are the, you know, the lead bartender here, there, wherever, right? All of that is amazing. But we're really looking for people's character and how interested they are in education. Um, I want to know that you are going to be an asset to our community, which is to say you are a loving, supportive ally who is going to be stoked when we have a pride party, who is going to cheer for the femme cabin when they beat you at paintball. Right. Like That's that's important to us. So when we're we're reading applications, I always like to. so many people will apply and just copy paste their resume. And those are the ones that automatically kind of go in the no pile. I am looking for your character. So if you're, if you're out there, you're thinking about applying, tell us about who you are and why you want to be a part of this community. And you're going to have a much better chance of getting it. That's my best advice.
1: That's some really solid advice. So folks, when you're applying, dig deep and be authentic.
2: Exactly. We just want to know who you are, because if we know who you are, chances are, we're going to love you. And I can't get to know you if I know that you won competition competition XYZ. That doesn't tell me anything about you other than you're a good bartender. And unfortunately, there are 3,000 really good bartenders who all want a a spot. So we really want to know just who you are. Yeah,
1: 100%. I want to take it a little bit back to Portland Cocktail Week. I want to talk about that because I know that a program that really emerged from that is Brown and Balanced from our really dear friend, Josh. So, can we talk about how that happened? Your influence in of support throughout the program and what it really means to the Black community to have that platform of brown imbalanced.
2: Ah, oh, I love this question because it means I get to talk about Josh Davis, who uh, is near and dear to both of us. So, Portland Cocktail Week, just sort of separately, it started. Portland Cocktail Week was something that I started gosh, in 2009, and the entire purpose of Portland Cocktail Week was to offer completely free education for bartenders delivered mostly by bartenders. Um, we were the first festival to take alcohol out of the classroom. You do not need a gin and tonic in your hand when you are learning about p ls You just don't. We were the first to have parity across gender and race and have all this d- diversity initiatives in place. And that that was around 2013 is when we started doing that. You know, we we made a lot of big changes that I'm so excited to see. You know, we're, we're kind of like the experimental cocktail festival, right? We, because we're smaller, we cap our attendance at 2,500 across the board. Um, and we do that on purpose. We do that because we want to be able to test out things that match our values and that are exciting to us. And a really great example of that is Brown and Balanced. Um, Brown and Balanced started because Josh Davis and I were at another cocktail festival, we were looking around, and he's like, you told me the other day that 60% of people in the hospitality industry are people of color. Why is it that every single person bartending this event is white? And I said, that's a great question, Josh. And certainly, that's not how I run my events. And I can't go over and tell these people <laughs> that to change that. But I think we need to do something bigger." than just making a stink on the internet. Like you can go post right now and tell people that you're frustrated by that. And I support you. I'm going to come like it. I'm going to come back you up. I'll be in the comments defending you up, down, left and right. But that's not going to really do anything other than make people aware. And Josh has so many talents. And one of his greatest talents, I think, is organizing people and getting people excited and interested in something that maybe doesn't apply to them. He can make things relatable in a way that a lot of other folks can't. And that's that's one of his really his greatest gifts. Um, So we started talking like, well, what I am obviously the whitest lady on the planet. I should not decide what this is going to look like. What do you want it to be? And he's like, I just want an event where I can have all black bartenders behind all of the bars and have people see that we are not just as good, but we're better at this. And I'm like, I love that. How do we how do we get there? How would you like that to happen? He's like, you know, honestly, I don't know, but you run events. Do you think you could help? And the answer was wholeheartedly, yes, let's go. If I'm honest, the first three years, we, oh gosh, I would say that we raised under $20,000 for over three years for this program. Keep in mind, I could get people on board for Camp Brunamuck day one. I could not get brands on board for two, three years on Brown and Balanced I'm very grateful that that's no longer the case and people are checking for it and are participating now completely. Um, But 2016 was not a time that brands were willing to invest in this sort of thing. I had one brand person, the only time I've ever gotten so mad at an event, I had to leave. I had a brand person be like, oh, this is a great party, really love it. But, you know, we could never support it because we have money for African-American initiatives and we have money for bartenders, but I can't really mix them. And I was just (sighs) like... So the, what so the, the actual fuck was that? <laughs> I was so mad, Bridget. I was so mad. I stormed out of the room and I, didn't, I couldn't come back. I, 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 I'm very fortunate to have an amazing team around me. And Brittany and Liz stepped up and took care of what had to happen. Um, and of course, Josh was running the show. Um, but that particular event, I paid for personally out of my own pocket because no brand would sponsor it. Um, unfortunately, the team at Ho- uh, there's a bar in New York that was hosting us and they are just like, they understand there are people <laughs> and they gave us a screaming deal. We figured it out together. We made sure all the bartenders were paid and that the event went off. But what a frustrating time. Um, you know, all of that changed a lot in 2020 when brands had these. I don't want to say they were forced, um, but a lot of folks kind of felt the urge to get more involved. And I think a lot of the folks who work at brands had wanted to do this kind of thing, but weren't allowed. And all of a sudden, the floodgates were open and Josh uh, was able to really get the kind of funding he deserved. Um, And the event has just grown from there. Typically, at Portland Cocktail Week at Brown and Balanced, we see more than 800 people come through, all bartenders, everybody comes. Because why would you not come? It's the most fun party. (laughs) And Josh is hosting. And he's curated this amazing group of talent from around the US. And it's a really special thing. And one of the really cool things that we can do with the platform of Portland Cocktail Week is that not only does Josh put on this amazing welcome event, not only does he put Black bartenders front and center—it's the first thing you see when you get to the—you get your badge. That's the first thing you see is that event. But all of the bartenders who are working there also get a week-long um, scholarship to Portland Cocktail Week, which means they get access to all the classes they want, all the events they want. They get a room for the week with us at the Jupiter we're really able to offer them more than just a paycheck. Certainly the paycheck happens too. Um, but it's important to us that they have access to, to all of these things um, that everybody else does. Uh, because so often, you know, when, when you don't put uh, DEI initiatives into place, you don't consider that, you're never going to have a successful result. And I'm so fortunate to have people around me like Josh who can be like, hey, this is a thing that isn't right. Help me make it right. And uh, yeah, we've been doing it. We've gosh, I've been working with Josh now. He he works here at Lush Life as well. Very biased. I adore him. I think he's just one of the most talented people. Um, not only is he able to do that as part of Brown and Balance, but that's kind of infused across the board in all of our work. He's an ear to listen to and somebody who uh, we're really lucky to have his input on all kinds of projects.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing that you really foresaw. The need and and, like I just even said, like like of course, we should have a program like Brown imbalance, of course, you know, we should have everybody here. It doesn't make any sense in the fact that a brand saw it differently, you know, you know, shame on them, and things have come a long way. I do feel like we still have a very long way to go in the industry, um for anybody who is of a minority or a woman that there's still a lot of change to happen for sure. But there's we're just no doubt on it, working <laughs> on it, right? A little bit at a time. What's the next for you?
2: What do you have on oh the horizon? Nice. Oh, You know, honestly, Bridget, this has been this last year ha- has been one of the most fruitful professionally, we've gotten to, to work on so many different projects across so many different brands, whether it's, putting together a competition that's run ethically where everything is transparent and everybody can see what's going on um, or it's educational trips to home places where we're able to make I don't know. Gosh, we right now we're, we're doing mezcal and rum soon, which I'm really excited about the rum launch, which is coming up. Um, but we were really able to provide these opportunities, education experiences kind of across the board. As, as we speak today, our Canadian whiskey certification, which is something that we do with Corby Spirits, it's launching right now. Like as we speak, that's also happening right now. Um, And that means 100 bartenders from across the U.S. are going to get this really great opportunity to spend six weeks with some of the greatest minds in Canadian whiskey, whiskey in general. I mean, Gina Fawcett, come on, like Dave Minton. It's it's like the all-star team over there. And we have access to scientists. We have access to whiskey professionals, bartenders. Um, And it's six weeks of programming where the group of 100 gets to go spend two hours every week with these incredible folks. Um, and then we do a public facing class for an hour every week, which everyone gets access to. You can go over to Portland Cocktail Week distance learning and watch all of this stuff. Um, that's all free. All of it's free. It's always free. We never charge bartenders to come to any of our stuff. Um, so we really get to work on so many diverse kinds of projects. And that's, I think what's most exciting to me is that we can really offer we can offer bartenders. If you are a competition person, come on over. We got something for you. If you are an experienced person, you want to come to camp. You want to go visit compite mezcal. Like we, we got you. We have all of these different programs in place. So there's really something for everybody. Because not everybody wants to get up on stage and compete. Not everybody wants to go. Not everyone has the ability. Everybody wants to go to Oaxaca. Um, but some people have responsibilities that make it impossible for them to go. Whether they're running a bar, they have a family. So we like to really build a number of different kinds of programs so that if you are a single mom who can't get the time away from home, but you really want to learn, we got you. Come to Canadian Whiskey Certification. You can listen to that while you're doing the dishes or you're on your way to to and from work. Um, All of these different programs are designed for different lifestyles because the reality is hospitality workers all have very different lifestyles and it's important to be able to meet them where they are. And not all of them can get on a plane and go to XYZ location tomorrow. Some of them have serious responsibilities, whether at work or at home. So it's important to us to to build out that diversity of programming. And that's really kind of where we are right now. Like we're very much invested in how do we how do we offer these opportunities, not just to the bartenders who put their hands up first and say, me, 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 I want to go to this. How do we also offer opportunities to people who maybe don't think they have access and how do we get greater access for everybody?
1: That is such beautiful work that you're doing. And I know that it's hard work and I know that it's tiring. So with that said, what are you doing for fun? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Fun. Gosh, what a great! I mean, honestly, I have I've been spoiled lately, Bridget. I uh, I took a few days uh, between Christmas and New Year's, and I went with my partner. Uh, we went to Istanbul, and then I ran Ooh. up to Dublin for a little bit. So a little travel. Um, I have the two cutest cats in the world. You can fight me on that. They're just adorable. I can't help it. They're just the cutest. Um, and we we live in this old historic home in Louisville, Kentucky. It was built in 1898, and we are constantly trying to fix it up. Um, (laughs) that's, that's most of what we do here. Um, but gosh, I, this last year, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like this last year wasn't a huge year of growth for us. And I, it would be a disservice to my partner if I did not say I am working six days a week, minimum 14 hours a day right now. Um, I do think that'll level out, (laughs) Uh, but but that's where we are today. (laughs) Wow, you're blessed with work. <laughs> that is for right sure. now, overly blessed, but uh, in, in the best possible. And I, the, it's not even a problem because it's all stuff I'm so excited about working on. Every project that we have going on right now is something I'm so stoked about. So no complaints on my end, but that that is the reality. <laughs> well, good for you. Where can our listeners find you? The easiest place to find me is probably on Instagram. You can find me at live the lush life. Um, You can also go to lushlifeproductions.com slash newsletter. And that is going to get you on our mailing list and get you access to all of these programs, whether you are a Canadian whiskey girly or you are a new camper run a camper. All of that stuff comes out of that same newsletter.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on Serve
2: Up, Lindsay. I would love to check
1: in with you again in like six months and see where you're at with all the progress of all these amazing, you know, just awesome things that you are doing.
2: Would you be up for that? Bridget, I will never say no to you for anything (laughs) in the world. You know this. And this is a pleasure and a delight anytime. (laughs) Oh, it's so fun. Well, you know, on behalf of
1: the Served Up Family, Lindsay, I just want to wish you just some great health and a lot of peace. Cheers to you, sister. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
2: Thank you so much, Bridget. It's always so good to see you.
0: Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits, produced by Zunu.online. Music by We Killed the Lion can be found on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers!